During the 19th century, eager pioneers voyaged west by wagon, through rugged terrain and untamed wilderness, fueled by dreams of opportunity, riches, and wide-open frontiers where they could own their own land and build new lives, compelled by the vision of settling the American West and fulfilling their manifest destiny. The journey west on routes like the Oregon Trail was grueling and full of hardships. Settlers traveled in covered wagons pulled by oxen and horses, carrying their belongings and supplies. The wagons bumped and jostled over rough terrain on the dirt trails. Huge clouds of dust followed the wagons, choking travelers when the winds blew. In 1846, a group of nearly 90 people left Illinois to travel west to California. This group was led by George Donner and James Reed. In an attempt to shorten the trip, they detoured on the so-called Hastings Cutoff, and that's when things took a dark turn. The supposed shortcut cost them 18 days in late October and early November. That's when the snow begins in the Sierra Nevada Mountains, and it doesn't stop for months. With limited supplies and inability to continue or go back, the group was stranded in the mountains. Starvation and illness set in, leaving many in the group to die. Some resorted to cannibalism to survive, giving the Donner Party its infamous reputation. Today, we are going off the radar to find out what the weather conditions were like that tragic winter, and every winter in this part of the country. I'll speak with Matt Monroe, chief meteorologist at KRNV in Reno, Nevada. Matt's going to explain what happens meteorologically in Donner Pass every year at this time, and why those 18 days of lost travel proved to be the critical tipping point that led to the demise and suffering of the group. I'm meteorologist Emily Gracie, and you're listening to Off the Radar, a production of the National Weather Desk. On the show, we dig deep into topics about weather, climate, the ocean, space, and much more. Our goal is to help you better understand the weather and to love it as much as we do. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. All right, Matt. Um, let's talk Donner Party. Can you give me a brief overview of where they were going and where they were trying to get to and the purpose of the trip? Okay, so the Donner Party, and sometimes it's called the Donner Reed Party because there were several families involved. It just wasn't the Donner family. It was several families, but Donner is kind of the big name associated with the story. They started off in Illinois. They wanted the dream of settling in the Oregon Territory, which is, of course, California. So they had to go all the way from Illinois, cross the Rocky Mountains, cross the Sierra Nevada, and get into California before the winter snows hit. 
And this was a journey that took between four and six months. Women, children, men, uh, oxen, uh, wagons over wagon trails. Some weren't very established, which was part of the problem here. And a normal trip, a normal trip like that took four to six months and about 15 miles a day. So they were kind of crawling across America and sometimes uh, uncharted and very hostile territory as well. So there's a lot of danger involved in the trip, too. So you're in Reno. You're kind of an expert as far as the weather locally there. They made it as far as your area late October. So right about this time of year. Yeah. What went wrong? What happened at that point? So there were a number of things that went wrong and the whole trip kind of went wrong. They had so many hardships. There was, uh, they had uh, basically literally people fighting. There were men fighting in the group, disagreements on which route to take. They decided to take a route called the Hastings Cutoff which was supposed to cut off time. Instead, it added 18 days to their journey. Uh, it was very hard crossing uh, the desert there of Utah. They got to the border of Utah and Nevada, and they rested for five days. They were exhausted. Everybody was exhausted, including the animals too. They just really couldn't go on. So they lost 18 days taking that shortcut. They lost another five days resting. Then they crossed hostile territory, which was Northern Nevada, and uh, they made it here to the Truckee Meadows. Reno wasn't here yet. Sparks wasn't here. And uh, they rested for a few days. By that point, the group was fractured. They had three or four different families uh, just kind of basically doing the trip almost on their own at that point because of all the infighting with the group. But it was that last break here for several days in late October in the Truckee Meadows. They wanted to rest up before they pushed over the Sierra Nevada. And they were told that the snow wouldn't start until mid-November. And I mean, given the year, that can be true and that can be false. This is the time of the year where the weather patterns change up. The Gulf of um, Alaska produces huge amounts of low pressure. That low pressure blows up and it basically takes the subpolar jet and drops it down to the south. Now, what does that do? That opens up the conveyor belt of storms off the Pacific Ocean that are just laden with moisture. And that's what really produces all the heavy rain out across really the lower elevations of the Sierra Nevada. And then as you get the colder air, as all that moisture pushes up over the mountain, you just get huge amounts of snow. So for the Donner Party, they're thinking all this happens, and they're not weather experts, obviously. They're thinking this happens mid-November. But it can happen sooner. It can happen in late October, early November. You're only talking a few weeks, and these are huge macro scale changes in the weather. And that's exactly what happened. They gambled a little bit that the snow wouldn't happen until mid-November, and they'd be up and over the pass. And they got so, so close, within about three miles of the summit, and then the huge snow started to come down. And we're talking feet and feet of snow. So to give you some idea, on the top of Donner Pass, uh, Sierra Snow Lab is what measures it to this day. They get about 360 inches of snow a year. So when you start calculating that out, that's 30 feet of snow. And the vast majority comes between Thanksgiving and Easter. So here the Donner Party is crossing the first few days of November. Typically, they should be okay. But that particular year, the storm door opened up extra early. And it wasn't just one round of snow. It was round after round after round. So they got about 20 storms, 10 of those being major. And around Donner Lake, where they got trapped, which was then Truckee Lake, now of course renamed Donner Lake, there was about 25 feet of snow. So you can't, you can't move. And people say, well, why don't they just go back down to the Truckee Meadows? Number one, it was hostile territory. They had scampered across northern Nevada 
to try and get up into the mountains to safety. So there was that. And then number two, when they tried to do it, they just couldn't move backwards. They were at 6,000 feet elevation and there was piles of snow behind them, piles of snow in front of them. And they were, they were just literally trapped. They just could not move anywhere. That's when things got really dark, right? That's when, of course, they're running out of food and, uh, you know, reports of cannibalism. They were boiling, boiling their shoes, eating their shoes, eating uh, straps of leather from the oxen. Of course, they, they ate the oxen too. They ate everything they could. And game was scarce. When you have 20 or 30 feet of snow on the ground, it's not like deer just running around where you can just hunt. They're, they're just not, there is no game. The bears are hibernating. They're in their dens. The deer aren't running around in 30 feet of snow. So what are you hunting? There's nothing to hunt. There's nothing to eat. Uh, there's, uh, there were a lot of children, a lot of young children on this trip too, who were starving. So they were doing everything they could to try and kind of get through that winter. And it wasn't until February where the first rescue party started bringing them supplies. So they were there basically all November, December, January. They were in their fourth month stranded at about 6,000 feet. And I mean, we haven't even talked about the temperatures. It's sub-zero at night. The wind chills, the winds up there absolutely howl. And there's no Nevada Department of Transportation plowing things. And I looked it up here. I think they had eight straight days of snow from November 4th to November 12th, something like that. And it was just eight. That was it. That was the end of it. They Once that happened, sub-freezing temperatures, that snow isn't going anywhere. No such thing as plows. They were kind of doomed right there. So it's amazing. I mean, some of them did make it out to tell the tale. There were some survivors. That Not everybody died. And again, the rescue party did come and they did. I mean, they were eating everything they could just to kind of buy time. Uh, the stats on a word, 91 people start in Illinois. By the time they actually ascended the mountain, uh, some folks had died and some folks had left the party. So it was 81 people that actually went up the hill trying to get over what is now called Donner Pass. Uh, 45 survived and 36 lost their lives. So a little bit more than half. I think only most of them were young people that survived. Uh, the old folks didn't make it. Only two people over the age of 40, I believe, made it. So anybody frail, um, Donner himself had cut his hand and that had turned gangrene and infected and he lost his life basically from that, I think, before he even starved, uh, if my memory, memory serves me right. I mean, what basically did the men was that, that Hastings cut off. 18 days they lost there, another five trying to rest up from that, additional days resting here. And that, that really cost them their lives. Had they not taken that the shortcut, they would have made it. Because again, they were only the first, the leading edge of that party was only three miles from the top when the snow really trapped them. That's how That's close it is. Now, it's a hard three miles because Donner Lake sits at about 6,000 feet and Donner Pass is at 7,200 feet. So you're going up 1,200 feet over three miles. That, that would have been quite a push, but that was the final push. And then once they get over and they start descending, everything warms back up and that snow turns into rain and it's all rain in Sacramento and rain in San Francisco and they just would have gotten wet and that would have been the end of it. But unfortunately it was snow. And another interesting thing about these storms, once that atmospheric river starts, and unfortunately for them, it didn't really stop that particular winter. It just kept on going. You get the southwesterly winds and the winds actually push the snow up and over the crest and dump it on the leeward, or in this case, the eastern side of the Sierra Crest. And so the winds just drip that snow up and it could have drifted up to 30 feet around where they were too. 
Um, and then we studied that we don't know exactly how much snow for sure was there, but what the historians do is they go back and they look at tree rings to see if it was a dry winter or a wet winter. And that particular winter, there are some discrepancies, but I think a lot of people feel it was average or above average as far as water equivalent, but it could have been a colder than average winter. And when that happens, you get higher snow to water ratios. So typically an inch of water coming down means about 10 inches of snow. But if it's a really, really cold winter, that ratio goes up to maybe 15 to 1, 18 to 1. All of a sudden, an inch of water is 15 to 18 inches of snow. And they think that could have contributed to the problems as well. Not necessarily more water, but more snow because of the colder temperatures. And then those southwesterly winds are just absolutely brutal. So you've got the snow, but you also have the cold, the wind, the wind chills. I just can't. I personally don't. When it's snowing and there's a storm, I to this day, and I've got a four-wheel drive, I don't go up there. I don't even mess with it. Think of the Donner Party with oxen and women and children and men and covered wagons on rocky dirt trails, no plows, no nothing, running out of food in the elements. It, it's just crazy to think that even, you know, 45 people survive that. That's really the amazing part that 45 people actually survive that. By the time rescue parties arrived in February and March of 1847, only about half the original group of pioneers survived. The Donner Party became notorious for the deaths and cannibalism that resulted from their tragic journey west. Matt told me that last year, Donner Summit received 753 inches of snow. That's over 60 feet. Average at the summit is 360 inches per year. The Donner Party was trapped a little below the summit, closer to the lake, but you get the idea of what conditions can be like in the area. The season has begun right on schedule this year with the first snowfall happening on October 25th, where 3.9 inches fell. Off the Radar is a production of the National Weather Desk. Make sure you're following the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes publish every Tuesday. If you know someone that's interested in historical weather events or the Donner Party, please share this episode with them. We'd also love you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Let us know what you think of the show. Give me some ideas for future episodes. Special thanks to Matt Monroe for his expertise on the Donner Party and weather this time of year in the Sierra Nevadas. I'm meteorologist Emily Gracie. Make it a great day. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.